Over these last four games, Missouri could find itself as a four seed in the SEC tournament or miss the NCAA tournament altogether. So a huge range of outcomes. Let's talk about all the possibilities coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen, and thanks for telling a friend to go to LockedOnMizzou.com for YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those pertinent links, and of course, ad-free versions of this show at Amazon Music for all you Prime subscribers as well. But of course, Missouri with a huge opportunity tonight to really solidify its resume as an NCAA tournament team tonight, of course, with a rematch against Mississippi State, a team that Missouri the last few years, really ever since joining the Southeastern Conference, I suppose for the most part, Tigers have struggled with. They really have. And the previous game down in Starkville, was no real exception there. Tolu Smith, the big man before the Bulldogs, really tore Missouri apart, and really we had no answer. He ended up getting Kobe Brown into some foul trouble, and it just wasn't a good night for the Tigers. But hopefully at Mizzou Arena, things will go a little bit better this time. Of course, as I discussed on the previous episode, Missouri looking a little bit thin on the perimeter right now, just in terms of depth. And well, when it comes to Isaiah Mosley, your guess is as good as mine. We'll just have to see what happens, see if he's in a full participant in pregame warmups or not. One thing I've learned, if he's sitting next to Jackson Francois on the bench, that means he's probably not playing. So there's your there's your real insight for me on Isaiah Mosley. I wish I had something more to tell you on that front, but I really don't. Obviously, we're a lot better off if he's playing and playing as the best basketball that he possibly can. But obviously, now after a couple losses here, Missouri fans feeling not quite as confident, and nor should they, as they did after that Tennessee basketball game. Obviously, losing that home game to Texas A&M hurt. But at the same time, if Missouri goes 4-0 here, and that is possible, you win a home game here tonight, suddenly those last three games, the schedule softens up quite a bit with road games against LSU and Georgia before finishing it off at home against Ole Miss. So, don't don't snicker at the idea of Missouri actually going 4-0 down the stretch here. Certainly none of those games are guaranteed by any stretch, but as I said, you get past this one tonight and you're suddenly feeling a lot better about things. On the other hand, you lose this game tonight, another a distinct possibility. Well, now you're looking at a couple road games in a row, some games that are on paper going to be virtually toss-ups. So that's a little bit scary. Again, with Missouri's guard depth being a question, that's not something that Missouri wants to be staring in the face as a, a road trip where suddenly you're feeling like you're on the NCAA tournament bubble. So obviously, Missouri needs a win tonight. And in order to get one, it wouldn't shock me to see Missouri and Dennis Gates shake up the starting lineup once again. Perhaps Mohamed Diara 
goes into the starting lineup tonight in order to put a bigger body on Tolu Smith early in the ball game. And I think Missouri is certainly going to want to avoid putting Kobe Brown on him just for foul trouble in general. Obviously, Kobe has by far and away been Missouri's best offensive player overall this season. Demoy Hodge might have an argument as well, but I just think as far as getting his own shot and finishing plays from others, I think it's got to be Kobe Brown. But regardless, I think Missouri's going to want to avoid those fouls on Brown. You might see some more Mabor Majak tonight as well. And I think some of this is going to be by necessity. You may even see some three forward lineups that you haven't seen a lot, including Aiden Shaw, Noah Carter, of course, as well. Because, well, as I said in the previous episodes, I've said a couple times here, Missouri's guard depth is challenged, but those forwards are versatile enough to space the floor offensively, and hopefully, while maybe they won't force as many turnovers defensively, certainly with that kind of lineup, well, hopefully they'll get a few more rebounds as well, and that'll all kind of work out in a wash. And by the way, speaking of Des Moines Hodge and and forcing turnovers, here's something I was unaware of until until recently this morning. Des Moines Hodge actually has a chance to set a single-season record for Missouri in terms of steals. He's just eight behind Lynn Hardy, who set the record in 1987 with 76 steals. Hodge with 68. Four games left. That's just two a game to tie the record. You know, they're a pretty good shot at that, considering Hodge had six steals in his last game. No doubt that he's got a chance at it. So, interesting thing to watch there if you're a record Longtime Missouri fan like to put your nose into the old record books and media guides like I used to as a kid. Now against Texas A&M, of course, I brought up maybe changing up the lineups construction a tiny bit by getting a little bit bigger. But there is one other experiment that I would have liked to have seen against the Aggies. And you know what? To be fair, maybe the Tigers did it a little bit and I just didn't notice. But what if Missouri just didn't switch every ball screen. I'm not saying to get rid of switching entirely, of course, but I think in this matchup tonight against Mississippi State, when you're really worried about Tolu Smith doing work on the block, if he's setting some high ball screens, well, I would advise Missouri's guard to fight over the top or maybe even under those screens, force Mississippi State to shoot three-pointers as opposed to automatically and at times lazily switching that action and letting Smith get a mismatch on the inside. I think if you're Missouri, I think your guard's got to fight through that stuff. I really do. I don't want to see switching automatically up top in this ball game. I suspect we will see a lot of it, but if there was something I was going to at least get a, get a look at, especially against a Mississippi State team that I don't think is a great three-point shooting team by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, as I look it up here, they're actually a really bad three-point shooting team. 358 in the nation, 14th so far in SEC play. That's dead last, just 25%. So by all means, go under those screens, make the Bulldogs take three-pointers, and well, if they knock them down, I guess you tip your hat. But the last thing I want to see is Tolu Smith eating mismatches alive inside or getting fouls on Kobe Brown, for instance. That's the last thing we need to see. 
And coming up, Sam Horn's impressive performance on the mound for the Tigers the other night against TCU. Well, suddenly has some Missouri football fans worried that Sam, the quarterback, is going to, well, maybe lose focus on football, perhaps not even want to play football anymore, that type of deal. Well, I want to explain while all of these worries are unfounded. Even the injury worry is mostly unfounded. So let's get into that. But first, I want to tell you that if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and sugar, well, then you've got to try Built Bar because, well, Valentine's Day's passed us. Let's put down the, the, the ridiculous amounts of sugar that we've been pouring into our bodies over the last couple months. And instead, just on occasion, grab yourself a Built Bar. It's healthy. That's actually tasty. And what makes it so good? It's covered in 100% real chocolate, great flavors like peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. I tend to like all the coconut flavors, but that's just me. No matter what you're into, we're talking 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a massive 17 grams of protein in all the bars. So head to built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club today, and you can thank me later. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen. And if you like the format of this program, we should definitely check out the brand new Locked on College Basketball as well. Just like this, except you also get big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. So again, check out Locked on College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get audio podcasts as well. And of course... Sam Horn, yes, we're all worried once again because darn it, he looked too good at baseball. Apparently, apparently this is a big worry with Mizzou fans. But no, in all seriousness, there are a few Missouri fans out there who do seem to be a little bit confused out there. Well, number one, let's clarify something. Let's not forget that the Major League Baseball and NFL drafts, well, their rules have basically the same timeline especially in baseball, once you opt in. That's the deal. See, Sam Horn could have opted to not go to Missouri and put his name into the ring in the in the MLB draft. He could have gotten drafted in the first couple or three rounds if he would have made it known that he wasn't going to play football, and that's what he was going to do. Who, who the heck knows what would have happened? But the bottom line is, since Horn didn't do that, well, he has to now wait three years. It's just like football. You're three years removed from your high school graduating class. Again, now that Horn has opted in, you got to be three years out to be drafted again in the major leagues. So even if Horn is the greatest pitcher in the history of college baseball, strikes out every batter he faces, well, he's still going to be hanging around at Missouri because unless he goes and plays baseball in Japan or something, again, my point in, in putting up all these ridiculous scenarios is that Sam Horn is going to be around, number one, at Missouri. And number two, once spring practice for football gets going again, once football activities get going again, well, while Horn will still be around the baseball team as much as he can, he's going to focus on football. He's not going to be missing any spring practices. Number one, he has a football scholarship not a baseball scholarship. And number two, he's serious about trying to be the starter this fall. 
And if he is serious, well, he's going to be out there for every single practice. This isn't even a question. Forget about the scholarship ramifications. If he wants to start, and obviously he does this fall, well, he better get his butt out there for every rep because Jake Garcia wasn't signed for no reason. I guarantee you Garcia from the University of Miami who came through the the old transfer portal, I promise you he thinks he can start too. That's his goal. So it's going to be a competition this spring. Brady Cook, whenever he whenever he heals up from his labrum recovery and surgery, recovery from surgery, I should say, he's going to have something to say about it too, obviously. So this is a big-time three-way competition here, and the idea that Sam Horn is going to let baseball distract him from that I think is a little bit, is a little bit misguided. And speaking of college football, there's some proposed – New rules by the NCAA aimed at shortening the length of college football games. And first of all, the the two main proposals are, as we know as college football fans, compared to the NFL, well, when the chains move, the clock stops. The game clock stops no matter what until the chain gang gets set and then, well, the ball gets set. Now the clock starts running once again. Well, this has the effect of obviously lengthening the game. And if we get rid of that rule, if we go to the NFL style, apparently most studies are showing that say, oh, I don't know, seven or eight plays offensively will be taken out of the game. But then there's another rule proposal that's even more dramatic than that, and that's that the clock would no longer stop on incomplete passes. Now, that would take as many as, say, 15 or 20 plays out of the game. And to me, I just think that's a little bit too radical. Because my whole thing is, it's not so much the length of college football games per se. I would like to see less dead time, for sure. All of the instant replays and everything that happen in this sport, if we could just, I'm not even saying I'm necessarily anti-instant replay, but can we make it a little bit more efficient? Can we have maybe a second official who's only in charge of of knowing the clock situations on the previous snaps and maybe not just sort of keeping that information on the previous snap before we go on to the next snap? Because it seems like so often in these replay reviews, they spend a minute and a half trying to figure out, okay, uh, well, we're changing the play, but where was the clock and where was the ball snapped and for whatever reason, they have a problem going back and figuring this all out. If we just had one person in charge of that, I bet we could shave four or five minutes off of the game. I've also seen a proposal that, well, NFL halftimes are only 12 minutes, whereas college halftimes are 20 minutes. Well, there's a few reasons for that, I would say. Number one, you typically have your marching band playing in at the halftimes. And also, by the way, 12 minutes... If you've ever been to Furrow Field, that's not a lot of time to get up out of your seat, get to the bathroom, go through the lines and all that stuff, much less get some food or a drink or anything like that and get all the way back to your seat in 12 minutes. That's kind of pushing it a little bit. Now, indeed, you could shave a few minutes off the game, but I I just don't think that many fans are worried about shaving 20 minutes or so of game time off of it. I think I'd like to see more action, 
certainly, but these new rules, that actually takes action away. We're still going to have just as many dead balls and timeouts and TV timeouts and replay reviews and all this other nonsense. So as a fan, why do I want this? I suppose that the safety people will argue that, well, there are fewer snaps. That means fewer injuries. I get that at a certain point. And if you want to do the the first down thing, if you want to have the chains, if you want to have the clock move while the chains are moving, I'm fine with that. Just personally, I feel like the incompletion thing, not stopping the clock there, to me, that's a bridge too far. And by the way, this whole thing, again, of shortening the length of college football games, let's be real. This isn't something that the fans, I don't think, have been dying for. There's only six home games a year. We're not talking about Major League Baseball here where there's five to seven games a week. This is really about broadcast windows. All these, the broadcast partners, Fox, Disney, are paying, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars for the rights to these games. Well, they'd like it to be in a nice little three, three and a half hour broadcast window like the NFL tends to be. Their games are a lot more consistent in terms of their length because sometimes, well, college football is three hours and sometimes it's four hours and that bleeds into your broadcast windows and, well, TV executives would rather it be the other way. So let's be real. That's what it's really all about. It's not about the fans that want we want, but, hey, that's pretty much par for the course at this point. And coming up, it turns out, ah, yes, Nick Bolton does love Missouri after all. So allow me to explain, but first... LinkedIn Jobs, yes, one of our best sponsors, but for whatever reason, no copy in my folder today, so we're just going to have to do this one off the top of my head, but the good thing is I know LinkedIn well. I've used it before for my small business, and I'll tell you this, when you find the right person for a job opening at your business, you can't wait to pay that person because they make your life easier. That's the whole point. But at LinkedIn Jobs, this is where they come in. They make it so much easier to find those candidates. They'll help you, they'll help you narrow it down to exactly who you want. You're not going to waste time with people who aren't qualified. And by the way, all of this is free as well. So again, go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Terms and conditions apply. Now, of course, if you watch the NFL, you know that on Sunday Night Football, NBC, well, the players, when they do their introductions, the guys will say their name and their college and sometimes their high school or elementary school as well. For instance, Travis Kelsey will often say, Travis Kelsey. Cleveland Heights, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, to my knowledge, I never took that as a slight at the University of Cincinnati. But for some reason, this year when Nick Bolton, of course, the Chiefs do play on NBC quite a bit because of how good they are. Congrats to the champs once again. But this had, I don't know, some people over on the message boards, that kind of thing. I think they're maybe overanalyzing it a little too much. I had never seen any evidence that Nick Bolton was upset with Missouri or whatever. But I think we can put all of that to bed now. You may have seen the Kansas City Chiefs, their Super Bowl parade and celebration. Nick Bolton got on stage, took the mic, and signed off with a simple M-I-Z. 
Well, Z-O-U, Nick. We appreciate you, pal. And I certainly certainly love seeing the Chiefs win and seeing one of my favorite Tigers of recent memory, Nick Bolton, be a part of it. So, I don't know. Just nothing else to add there. Just wanted to point that out to anybody who didn't see it and maybe had any questions if there was some weird beef there. But you know what? I have no beef with any of you people. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. As always, and hopefully... I'll have a nice Missouri victory to talk about against Mississippi State here on Wednesday, right here on Locked on Mizzou.